Well, blimey. How do we follow up on last week's show? I've absolutely no idea, but thankfully we've got another special guest in this episode of The Essential Apple Podcast. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we cover the last 7 to 10 days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup, gossip, tech, and, well, basically, anything else that catches our eye. This is the Essential Apple Podcast. Yes, it's Sunday afternoon again, and I'm just about fighting off yet another dose of what could only be described as the world's worst man flu. So if my voice sounds husky for once in my life, that's what that's why. And, uh, yeah, again, last week's show, really, really enjoyed it. There was going to be some really nice outtakes, but the editing process got a little bit long and convoluted. And by the time Wednesday rolled around, I just wanted to get the show out there. But fear not. It's not just Simon and me again today. We have yet another guest. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce the name without uh, butchering it. It's Kevin LaRue. Hey, that you got it. Hey. Good job. <laughs> so Kevin is from MacFun, now renamed Skylum Software. He's here today to talk about Luminar, MacFun Photo Software, the change to Skylum, and any other usual stuff that's cropped up in the Apple world and tech over the last week or so. I always like to start with this one. Whereabouts in the world are you calling us from, um, Kevin? Well, I'm I'm calling you at uh, 6:40 a.m. in San Diego, California. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. That's quite a commitment to a pokey little <laughs> podcast like ours. Why would you be up that early on the morning? It, it it's Sunday. I mean, I don't know what religion anyone is here, but it's a God's day of rest. And if it's good enough for God, <laughs> it's good enough for me. Well, we're we're gonna go uh, worship at the altar of the desert later on today. So I was up early anyway, packing the truck. Oh, are you gonna go and um do a baseball or American football thing? Was it tailgating? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, but we're gonna we're, we're actually San Diego is a coastal desert. And so about an hour out of town, uh, heading eastward, there's a, a wonderful, uh, you know, desert landscape, uh, mountains, hills, trails. And so we like to take the dogs and, and, and kids and some uh, some buddies and trucks out there and go uh, four wheeling, as they call it. Oh, this sounds amazing. It, it, I don't want to say redneck, but I can just imagine there might be a little bit of alcohol consumed. I, I've always wanted to go tailgating. That just seems to be... <laughs> What more do you want? A van yeah. that has a barbecue built in and a fridge full of beer. I mean, <laughs> well, that's pretty idyllic right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Life I really doesn't get. I mean, maybe I should aim a little bit higher in my life. <sighs> <laughs> also with us this week is the editor of EssentialApple.com. Simon, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good, actually. Uh, I'm glad to have Kevin on. And uh, I would uh, say. For anybody who hasn't checked, we have revamped our website this week, haven't we? Uh, yes. Ugh. The month after month after month long search to find a decent WordPress theme has finally culminated in something not too bad. It's not perfect, but we're still tweaking it. But at least it's better than what it was. And articles actually load properly and show artworks and audio player works. So if you head on over to EssentialApple.com, you can go into any of the articles we've got there, any of the reviews. You can see our Twitter timeline. There is, of course, the Amazon affiliate link, which we will get to later on. But we're not here to talk about us. We're here to talk to Kevin, who makes the sort of software that I hate. 
<laughs> great opening. <laughs> yeah, but well, it is because I look at the photos and how gorgeous and amazing they look with with the courtesy of your software. But I am so hopeless with anything photography wise and tweaking pictures. I see these pictures, and I just get insanely jealous. Well, that, you're you're exactly you're exactly who jealous. we wrote the software for, my friend. <laughs> So tell us a little bit then. We'll go straight into it. Then we'll go into the software. So tell us about your main product offering that you, that's over on the website. Sure. The so our, our, our latest announcement is, is uh, for Luminar 2018. And, and Luminar is an all-in-one photo editor. And so it's designed for anybody who wants uh, quick fixes or if uh, you derive some uh, uh, enjoyment from crafting your picture, so to speak, or, or uh, you know, really paying attention to every little detail, the software can go as deep as you want to go. So uh, great for beginners, you know, even uh, iPhone users who are using Apple Photos, uh, all the way up to the, the pros that have a really dialed in workflow. Uh, Luminar can fit right into all of those. And you've won a couple of awards, haven't you? Yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were at Photo Plus Expo in, in New York, which is at least North America's biggest uh, camera industry show. And we uh, were awarded uh, by the Lucy Technical Awards as the best software plugin. And uh, when I mentioned a moment ago that uh, we fit into into a pro photographer's workflow, you know, many people are using us in conjunction with Adobe products. Maybe they're using Lightroom to, to shoot tethered or manage their uh, manage their images there. But then our stuff can come in and uh, and give them some extra editing mojo. And so the the award uh, specifically was for best software plugin. Um, earlier in the year, we we uh, earned a TIPA award, uh, which is the Technical Imaging Press Association, I think it is. But it's a collection of, of 25 or 28 uh, international uh, magazines that get together and vote on their best uh, favorite products. And this is ranging from cameras to printers to software. It's a it's a real industry wide um, uh, event. And Luminar was named best imaging software for 2017. So, so I think we're off to a good start here. Yeah, that's not bad. It's all right. <laughs> could have could have put a bit more effort in. Um, I remember I came across you guys a couple of years ago because it was Snaphill, and this was, I think, this is one of the first bits of software I can remember where it was was it called Magic Healing, where you mask over a bit of an image, like let's say in your example here, you've got a wall with like a lamppost right. in a way, and you literally wave your mouse over it, and it magically removes it. And when I say magically, it's it blew my mind. It's like uh, what was it like just taking people out of a photo uh, i did i took some dogs out of a photo and just had mine in it it's absolutely amazing and, and you won the what was it the apple award for that the what's well, okay the best mac app store uh, of 2012 oh, yeah. so you've, you've got quite a history oh yeah yeah there. this is where you this is where you cue the echo filter which is it's science 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 uh <laughs> um yeah you, you know mac fun has had quite a string of of uh honors by the Mac App Store editors around the world. <clears throat> you know, the, they generally pool a bunch of products together and have the editors in each country or each region vote on their their best of the year. And we're on a string of uh, five years in a row, and I don't think any other Mac uh, app developer uh, can can claim honors to that. So, you know, we, we enjoy our relationship with, our close relationship with Apple. And, um, you know, our engineers, you know, they, they, you know, eat, breathe, live, 
uh, Apple, as, as we used to say back in the old days, we bleed rainbow, <laughs> right? And this is back in the, back when the, in the old logo days, but, uh, no, I think it's, it's, a, it's really, really fun to, to receive those honors, but, and at the same time, you, you know, we get feedback from our customers, which is, uh, which is direct if genuine and, uh, and that, that helps drive us as well. You know, you did mention there about bleeding rainbow. Um, this is the same I like to ask all of our guests that do developing. Why go for Mac over Windows? What was your driving force to say, you know what, we're going to support, I don't know if you could call it the underdog now, but the the lesser platform, as some might right, say. Right, right. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, if you look at the raw industry numbers, you know, and, and Mac is historically, at, even at its highest, you know, only been about eight or 9% of the market. But in the creative world, of course, it's much higher. But but, but that's that's sort of beside the point. The, the genesis of, of Mac Fun is, um, uh, goes back to, to 2008. When a couple of our, uh, well, our two founders um, started the company, they came from the video gaming uh, world, and they were uh, developing video games. And they saw the they saw the iPhone, they saw the iOS app store, and thought that that could be a great, uh, you know, sort of next step in their careers. So it, it all sounds so so neat and buttoned up when I talk when I say it like that. But the guys uh, guys ended up building about sixty five to seventy um, iOS apps back in the day, and and we had a, a nice string of of hits. And um, although I would I would say that most of those apps were not not even photographic, they were um, you know they were puzzle games and, and trivia games and some photo special effects. Uh, style apps, but but ultimately it gave them enough um, uh, push forward to uh, to really view the Mac seriously as a, as a as an evolution for the company. And uh, obviously we had our Apple evangelists we were working with. And um, along about 2010, and Apple had announced that the Mac App Store was coming for the next year. So uh, the guys quickly sort of refocused on the desk the Mac desktop platform. And uh, I believe we had some products in there literally day one when the Mac App Store launched. And uh, I think it was January 2011. So, uh, you know, I don't know that there was anything more than, um, you know, getting super familiar with iOS and, and it being a natural, uh, you know, sidestep over to the Mac platform that, that, that did it for us. But it's been great. <laughs> so, right. Th- so if we go right back to the start, then if, if I structured these questions, this probably would have made a lot more sense. When did you start getting into programming? What was your earliest exposure to doing the old programming stuff? Well, I, I should I should be clear. I, I'm not a I'm not a coder myself. I I've been around a lot of them. Um, are you talking about me personally or Mac Fun? Oh, oh either. Well, I mean that that trivia goes back a long ways. I I came out of college uh, here in another desert city named Tucson, in Arizona. And uh, decided to head for the water, <laughs> like, like any good uh, uh, desert rat. And um, I ended up at a little company called Silicon Beach Software. This is back in the mid-'80s, just after the Mac had, uh, had been released. I'd actually been working for a print shop doing desktop publishing, if you remember that term. Uh, back in like I want oh, <laughs> yeah. back in oh, okay. uh, say 1985. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it, this company that I started working for, Silicon Beach, um, turned out to be one of the high flying indie companies of the era. And we did such uh, we did we did games like Dark Castle and Airborne, and we also did uh, graphic software. Our uh, one of our best known was Super Paint. 
which was a kind of a combination of a painting, like a raster painting and a vector drawing program. And uh, you kind of used layers to go back and forth between these things. And, it, you know, it started off, of course, black and white, but then uh, in subsequent versions evolved to uh, to be a, a color program. My, uh, you know, I, I got my start out of college just as a, as, you know, regular sort of marketing guy. Um, ultimately ended up doing uh, uh, product management, which I really, really love. Uh, working with the engineers, you know, on a daily basis to bring in customer feedback and, and spec uh, new versions of the, of the program. Um, I ended up product managing a, 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 what we called at the time a personal programming tool, um, which was uh, called SuperCard. And it was a derivation, it was a color derivation of the Apple's HyperCard, which had come out in the late 80s. And uh, that was really, really fun because we, we announced SuperCard at, I believe, the 1988 or 1989 uh, Mac World. And Jean-Louis Gasset, actually um, uh, from Apple at the time, uh, you know, kind of gave the keynote at our press event. And uh, that was our coming out party for, for SuperCard. And the company ended up being being acquired by Aldous Corporation. This is a, a history lesson here. Aldous was the page maker, the guys that did page maker and freehand. Uh, yeah. And uh, which oh, yes. and, 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 yeah, and they bought us actually because we had a tremendous set of consumer uh, products, including desktop publishing and graphics, and it was a nice, I guess, uh, compliment to to their professional level level products like PageMaker and freehand and, and others. Um, ultimately, though, Adobe. Uh, acquired Aldus, and uh, our, our, you know, I guess the term of art is sunsetting. All those great products we worked on over the years were, were sunset. Um, I, I, re- I remember them. <clears throat> Sorry, I remember uh, Home Publisher. That was yours, wasn't it? Aldus Home Publisher. That- yeah, actually, actually, that was. Uh, I'm glad you bring that up because that was actually acquired uh, uh, from a developer here in San Diego named Steve Cochard. And uh, he had made a a product uh, called that we originally published. Uh, it was called Personal Press, kind of like it was your personal printing press, right? And so uh, that thing was really, really taken off. People were loving how easy it was to work, and um, and I think that kind of you know put a fire under um, Aldous's, uh, you know what, to to take a closer look at us. And and ultimately, I think that was one of the cogs in the machine that made the made the decision to acquire Silicon Beach. Ars is a perfectly acceptable term on this show. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sorry. You've, what? Uh, <clears throat> said you, met, you mentioned Dark Castle. Yeah, that yeah. is a game which uh, my brother Ben and played me. I I played it a lot, but I was rubbish. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly useless. But it's a great game, and I believe it's now uh, been remastered, so you can play it again. Is that true? You know. You, you know. I, I, you can... I, 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 I have heard that, you know, we sold the rights to to Dark Castle many years ago, and there was a company a long, long time ago that was making it into a a color game, because, of course, it was a a black and white side scroller for a long, long time. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's still out there. Um, You know, like your brother, I I wasted I I mean, I I used I used a lot of my free time on Dark Castle. (laughs) But, you know, I also got a chance to test it on test it on the clock. So it was it, it wasn't unusual to to see a yeah, bank of, of our testers just playing Dark Castle all day long to wipe out the bugs. I mean, it was a a, a fabulous game, fabulous game, and I'm I'm pretty sure I know there was Dark Castle, and then I believe there was a return to Dark Castle. Mm, right. And I'm pretty sure that I've seen. I'd have to go and search, but I'm pretty sure I saw reasonably recently 
that that had been remastered um because obviously it's a classic you know classic oh, yeah. era game isn't it for the, i think we used to play it on a on a se30 <laughs> oh right <laughs> uh, yeah color but, um, <laughs> um it's but, in the app store by super happy fun fun inc well, there we go then so anyway although <laughs> it's not anything to do with kev Moore, uh i can recommend one a game which uh feels retro and yet it's still a great game to play go check out dark castle yeah definitely excellent yeah and, and it, there was a lot of humor there was a lot of humor in there and, and it, i think it had all the elements yes, of great storytelling and adventure at the time and it's very different from a lot of the shoot 'em up uh first person games today but you you yeah, really identified you with the, <laughs> prince duncan <there. laughs> a bag of rocks prince duncan and his bag of rocks that's right and a bit further on, you get flaming rocks, but I think today we would call what he was doing in the castle parkour, right? <laughs> he was quite a gymnast. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of that going on. I remember that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, whacking people with a shovel down in the dungeon. He <laughs> <You> got it. <laughs> yeah. That I, I'm starting guy. to like the sound of this game. I might have to go and actually buy a game. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a really good game. It's great. Oh, it's fun. Well. Uh, you know, <clears throat> jump in, dodge the snakes and the spiders, uh, fight the fight the boss guys, get stuff. Yeah, there we go. Oh, <laughs> All the great no, elements. <laughs> All the great elements. Yes, it is. It's, and and as you say, quite a lot of humour in it as well. And I always remember, I don't know what they were called. I used to call them the Yabba Yabba guys. who used to turn up and go, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knock you, They're kind of like little, uh, little minions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, them, uh, the, and they used to make that noise, didn't they? they thought, yabba, yabba, yabba. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, so uh, there you go. Supercard. I I remember Supercard. I remember Home Publisher. Uh, great days. Great days. Yeah, th- those were. You know, I I don't know if I I, I think we're in a wonderful uh, span of of evolution uh, right now. I mean, there's so much going on technically uh, within the imaging sciences uh, arena. And just, you know, gaming and, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're in just as inventive an era, um, you know, today as we were back back then and, and maybe even more so. I mean, there's uh, we didn't have the Internet back then. We shipped things on floppy disks and, you know, uh, we had uh, I think our first tech support uh, board was a, was CompuServe. And, uh, you know, so it's it was a different era. A lot of a lot of uh, create creativity. Um, I actually work with a guy named um, Jonathan Gay, who who ended up uh, he wrote a, a, bu- a bunch of our software, uh, including Dark Castle, and um, uh, went on to write Flash, and uh, uh, you know, and wasn't was uh, working for Adobe for a while. So whether you whether you love or hate Flash today, you know, back in the back in the day, it was the shizzle, and uh, so there was a lot of a lot of great in, in inventions coming out of that era. Um, and uh, you know, really excited about what's going on today too. I'm I'm really happy to have had the career arc that I have uh, had so far. Yeah, that's that's so, very good. And um, just, just backtracking a bit, the Luminar, Kevin, would you would you pitch that very much as a, a Lightroom competitor? I, I'm assuming that you would. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it, well, yes is the short answer. Um, but but it's important to kind of delineate, you know, the different the different uh, capabilities of Lightroom versus uh, versus Luminar. Uh, you know, Luminar is at its core a, a power photo editor. So we make complex things uh, easy. Uh, it's very fast to use. Um, 
it runs as a standalone, which means it's a, you know, you could say it's a, it's a competitor to the develop module uh, of Lightroom. But of course, you know, if somebody's married to Lightroom, we can work as a plugin within, within that environment as well. But, but to, to your point, uh, a couple of weeks ago at the, at the show I mentioned earlier, we, we did announce that we're working on a digital asset manager, which is a very important component of Lightroom. And it's an, an important part of any photographer's work, whether you're an amateur or a pro, you still need to, you know, take the images off the, off the camera card, put them on a hard drive or put them in the cloud or wherever, and, and somehow manage or organize them so you can go back later and find them and edit them. And so we've announced that uh, that we're working on our own version of a digital asset manager, which will which will you know come to the the uh, the, the Luminar and uh, product sometime in 2018. Uh, we've got a we've got quite a nice video on our blog, uh, which I can I can give you the link to, which kind of g- gives folks a sense of of what our digital asset manager will work uh, will work like. But at that point. Um, you know, we're we're a complete alternative uh, to Lightroom as a photo editor. Uh, I kind of liken Luminar to being a mashup between between Adobe Photoshop and Lightroom today. You know, along with uh, all of our secret secret sauces. Um, but I think when we get the the digital asset manager plugged in, um, a lot more folks will rely on the the, the Skyloom products to uh, you know manage their entire photo lives. Oh, good. That's good because yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, the digital asset management is one of the things that Lightroom is you know focused on, isn't it? It does holds the libraries and so on. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar to to Apple's Aperture, right? And and Apple Photos today. I mean. You know, photos to, to me, I mean, they're, they're such an integral part of our lives. There's a camera in everybody's pocket and their smartphone. Uh, folks who, you know, uh, you know, love it more as a hobby, you know, might have a, a more dedicated DSLR. But uh, I mean, this is the stuff of life, guys, right? Um, w- w- when you're, you know, as the years go by and as the kids grow up and we do things, you know, the pho- photographs can really augment our, our uh, well, in my case, somewhat sketchy memories of the past. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's just, uh, I don't know if you guys have families, but uh, when I have a chance to look back through through some of the kids' fo- uh, photos for every year, I do a calendar every year for the, the grandparents. And it's, um, it's really astonishing, you know, going back through those memories, kind of reliving that. Um, and so I feel I feel blessed to be be part of an industry that is so um, I guess intertwined in people's lives and uh, and so I, you know when it comes to Luminar and the Mac Fun experience you know we're trying to make uh, take the drudgery and the chore out of out of uh, managing your photos and uh, editing them and making them look great so that's uh, that's part of the mission here because i know only we've been talking sorry mark go on no 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 go on i was just gonna say that whilst uh whilst i've been listening i've uh i've just gone through my software licenses catalog and i found i actually do have a license for snap hill pro but i can't find where i've downloaded the software to so i was only gonna say i'll speak to you after the show about that that it was really nothing that important <laughs> no problem <laughs> Because, I mean, we've been talking mostly about Luminar, but obviously you're probably best known, at least to a lot of people, for um, your your creative set. 
aren't you? The creative toolkit. So you, you've got, you have Snap Heal, Denoise, Focus. You've got one, I forget the name of the one for doing uh, black and white or, you know, sepia toning. Yeah, tonality. Uh, yeah, you were there. Tonality. Yeah, tonality. Uh, and the D, the D noise is <laughs> obviously the D noise just amazes me. It's. <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of roughly understand how it works, but it's sort of magic <laughs> at the same time. You just look at that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, no, that, that's, that, that's great to hear that you like that one. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. They're all good. Very, very well, much so. Um, and the, as you the, say, they can be used as plugins. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you can use them standalone or plug them in. Yeah, we've got our own uh, raw processor. So a lot of times... Uh, you know, when people are, are shooting with a, particularly with the DSLR, they're they're creating something called a raw file, and the raw files are are, are uh, you know coming off the their representation of the image as the camera manufacturer wants w- wants to deliver it. So it's the the highest quality. It accesses all the capabilities of the camera, and uh, but interpreting raw files and software, you know, is kind of a dark art. You know, Adobe's got their their um, Adobe Camera Raw converter. You know, we have our own raw libraries uh, that that we work with. So, yeah, running as a standalone, you, you kind of the entry bar is that you have a raw converter, and then of course you you've got the capabilities of whatever software product you're using. Um, I'm, I'm glad you bring up the Creative Kit because it it kind of points to the evolutionary nature of of MacFun and um, well, really any software company. Nobody comes out of the gate, you know, uh, you know, at the top of their mark, uh, <clears throat> always. But, uh, you know, the Creative Kit is made up of six different products, as you pointed out. There's Snap Heal, which is our content-aware, uh, you know, magic uh, image healer. <laughs> um, Intensify is a detail um, uh, enhancer. Oh, yeah, that is, that is yeah. fabulous. That is oh, yeah, people love that, you know, especially folks who, who were shooting on smartphones or the snapshot cameras. Uh, a few years back, you know, the images would be would be might be a fantastic composition. You know, you've got the you've got good color in it, but it's just missing that little pop, as we say. And the pop was often in in the details. Uh, if you could if you could enhance the details a little bit, the image got a lot more interesting. And uh, people love uh, Intensify and still do. Uh, that, that's been that was one of my my favorite products uh, of the day. Um, you know, apps like uh, Noiseless, uh, Noiseless, w- which is which is the name of the product you're the denoising product you're talking about. Noiseless was was actually pretty interesting because we did a great job sort of detecting the amount of of color and and light noise. So, for your listeners, um, uh, you, people generally use denoising products when they've been shooting in low light situations. And so these, you know, maybe you're indoors or you're shooting at, at twilight. And what happens is that the the sensor, you know, can't you know resolve the image quite as uh, I guess spectacularly as it would given a full light situation. So you end up with this uh, this this graininess to the photo, which you know, you know, you can call it moody, <laughs> but uh, it's a lot better to just fix it. <laughs> um, so so noises will detect the amount of noise in a given image and then uh, adjust it automatically. But you can also adjust noise selectively, so you could you could uh, deal with sort of the the shadow noise, but leave a little highlight and midtone noise. Uh, but it was it was a very very cool product, and I think one of the first of its kind to 
have an algorithm for for noise that emerges in smartphone sensors. Of course, you know a lot of people are using their smartphones, and so by operating as a as an extension to Apple Photos, your your smartphone images go into Photos, and you can use noiseless, uh, you know, directly on those. Uh, and there are a couple other products in there, but the the I think the important takeaway. Uh, you know, for this segment is is that you know Mac Fun is is rapidly evolving here, and so when we look at when we look at Luminar, it, it, you know, I would say pretty confidently that Luminar is kind of the next step in evolution for each one of those products that you you mentioned that you love, and so when we talk about Intensify, we've got all of Intensify's detail enhancement um, built into Luminar. Uh, we haven't described Luminar much to people yet, but um, we're, I'm sure we're on our way to that. <laughs> um, but, but the noise reduction built into Luminar, the, the, the clone and stamp and healing properties of, of Snap Heal built into Luminar, black and white editing built into Luminar. So, you know, as I, as I mentioned, it's, it's a real evolutionary uh, step here that, um, that combines kind of the best of, of our past products, if you will, cherry picking technology off the shelf. And then, of course, um, building it all into one easy to use, easy to understand, um, very powerful piece of software. Yeah, oh, well, that's excellent. And by the way, if anybody wants to see some of these effects, they're on your website, aren't they? There's a little interactive demo, uh, what intensify and tonality and focus and, uh, well, all the rest, of they're all on the website. They are, you know, the uh, <clears throat> my hat's off uh, every week to, to the web developers uh, at, at, at MacFun now becoming Skyloom. I mean, these guys are doing things on the web, like you say, with the interactive uh, demonstrations, people can really get a feel for what the software tools can do just by going to our website and uh, see a lot of before and afters. If there's a special effect that you can adjust, why a lot of times they'll have a little slider on the web. And uh, it's, I'd say it's a, it's a fun and enjoyable experience, uh, not drudgery to go to the website. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, been, it's, you know, I think it's a, an amazingly good website and a, a fabulous demonstration of what the creative kit tools do. And obviously, as you say, Luminar itself, because, yeah, you've built all of those tools into Luminar. So excellent. It's very good. Uh, I like it. I can... <laughs> I've, like I said, I've used Snuphill in the past and how it does stuff is like it this is one of the good things about being on the mac i mean i've never had this on a windows pc where i said wow that, it's actually like magic like you actually go wow how has it done that <laughs> yeah um so you, you've told us about the, the past now moving forward just to confuse our listeners a little <laughs> bit more uh you're going to be changing names soon what's the what's the deal with that why are you going to uh what what's going to what sorry what why has the change come about well uh, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you bring that up um, we woke up one day and decided that if we were going to do Windows software, it might be hard to convince them, convince folks to give us an honest look if, if there's a, uh, the word Mac in our name. Uh, it, 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 you know, people have been telling us for years to do software for Windows. Uh, we finally, you know, put a team together. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a concerted effort uh, on the part of many many people in our in our engineering team and. And, uh, and so one of the things that's happened over the last couple of months is we've become a, a, uh, a cross-platform company. So uh, our Aurora HDR product shipped about two uh, months ago uh, for Mac and PC. And, uh, and Luminar 2018, the product that's going to be coming out uh, in November here on the 16th of November, 
uh, will also work on Mac, both Mac and Windows. And so I, I think there was a <clears throat> there was a, a consensus that we needed to, to probably uh, take a look at our, our name seriously and and decide you know how we wanted to be known in the future. And uh, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, who to give credit for for Skyloom, but um, it grows on you, and uh, we're we're enjoying the process of rebranding right now, as you as you, you can attest from from going uh, from Squarespace to WordPress and finding a template. Uh, imagine you know changing nine years of a website content from one name to another, and all that entails. Oh so, yes, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, uh, but. We're we're excited about the new name. It, it portends a great new mission. Uh, again, you know we've got some terrific products. Uh, a great team. We're selling them around the world, and, and so Skyloom is uh, is is sort of our nameplate from uh, from henceforth. You just mentioned something there. You got a team around the world. So how is your? If you don't mind me asking, how is the organization set up? Obviously, because. One thing I'm finding the more people that we interview on this show is that the days of everyone rocking up to the same building seem to be almost a thing of the past for, you know, agile you know, development teams who can change and go with the flow. So how is your setup work? You're based in, well, we know where you're based. Whereabouts are the rest of your team? Well, based? yeah, I mean, you know, you, as you say, the, the world is, is global and uh, the internet and uh, has, has, you know, truly made it possible to work remotely and have the different offices around the world. You know, our, our main uh, concentration of people is in Kiev, Ukraine. The two founders that I mentioned earlier were, um, you know, live in, live in Kiev. And so when it when it came time to sort of build the company around the uh, the iOS and then ultimately the Mac App Store, uh, the marketing people, the engineers, the QA folks, um, uh, the designers, they're they're over in in Kiev. We um, we have a number, you know. I, I kind of think of uh, of the office here in San Diego as a remote outpost, <laughs> and uh, so we've got several of those uh, uh, around the world. Uh, uh, up in up in the Seattle area, uh, we're we're starting an office up there. Uh, we've got San Diego, and there are a couple of other contractors that that live around the world that are working working with us uh, quite closely. And how do you find managing all that? Because here in the UK, if, you, if we still have the mantra, oh, well, if you're working from home, it means basically you've got your slippers on and you're doing nothing but drinking <laughs> tea all day. What's it like for you knowing you've got people in different time zones? And are you able to give us like a, a bit of an insight to some of the tools that you use to communicate between teams? Oh, yeah. That no, that's stuff? a very interesting uh, uh, topic. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I wake up with Kiev being 10 hours ahead uh, of me normally. You know, I wake up to an inbox full of full of emails. So I spend I spend the first uh, part of the morning kind of making sure that at the end of their day, you know, I'm answering questions and and uh, you know trying to keep keep the productivity high. But the the marketing and engineering teams use a uh, a tool from a company I think it's called Atlassian. Uh, it's called Jira, and so yeah, yeah they're big on Jira that, right yep. now. And, uh, and so when I, you know, I guess from a workflow standpoint and, and what am I going to do today standpoint, everybody's uh, tasks are, are prioritized there. Our education team, uh, which has, um, you know, remote outposts in Washington, uh, D.C. area, as well as uh, here in California. Um, and, and, and we've got a fellow in Austin who does a lot of work for us on the education team. I think they use Basecamp. Uh, which is a, again another another great tool. Um, started out from a company called Thirty Seven Signals, but I'm I'm not sure who they uh, 
how they market Basecamp today. Um, but you, you know, your 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 point is 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 well taken. Um, that that communication is is key. Project tracking is key. I, I live on Skype. Um, you know, uh, we have regular morning uh, Skype calls with the between the teams just to kind of make sure we're all on the same page because it is easy to get get off track if you if you can't just walk down the hallway and speak to somebody at their desk. The, there's a lot more uh, responsibility on you know whoever's in charge of the product the project to make sure everybody's on track and on the same page. It's a it's an insightful question, my friend. <laughs> don't don't be saying stuff like that because it, it puts pressure on me to think about clever and witty questions. <laughs> Got you. No oh, Lord, now the pressure's on. My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, uh, believe me, it does today it, uh, with the man flu. Have, have I mentioned that I'm ill? I, I don't think I've driven that point home enough. That, I, that a couple of times on the show and uh, and a few uh, few in the chat window too. Uh, how you feeling halfway through here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Um. So with the with the major rebrand coming up, then are you able to give any insights on what you know, what's going to happen in like the you know, in the next year? I mean, is, are you going to go into just like a support cycle when you release Luminar, or are you still going to develop new products? Oh, I think you know without you know, spilling too many of the secrets, um, you know we've we've announced a bit of our roadmap here in the in the sense that we pre-announced the digital asset manager Luminar. You know, with Aurora 2018 and Luminar 2018 kind of coming out about the same time here in Q4, um, we're certainly in what you call a, a support and maintenance role because there's a lot of people kind of uh, giving a fresh look to to our software, lots of new users, lots of uh, customers from the past checking us out. So it's quite a busy time when you when you release a new product um, that you know is, is used by you know millions of folks around the world. So Th- that's um, I don't want to I don't want to minimize that that effort. At the same time, you know, people are are in different roles. So while the marketing and support teams are super super busy right now, getting the messaging out and supporting the customers, uh, the engineering team, you know, is is uh, taking in input, work, uh, fixing any uh, issues that pop up. Uh, we we have a, a, a storied history of giving free updates uh, several times a year, so. Uh, that's kind of an out, outgrowth of supporting new raw camera formats. So when you launch the product and it says, hey, a new update's available, uh, which we typically do three or four times a year, um, th- th- that support, you know, that update usually includes uh, new camera support, some, some bug fixes if we need to, but also some significant new features. I remember um, about a year ago, we had released the first version of Luminar, and six weeks later, uh, maybe maybe eight weeks later, uh, we added a whole batch processing module to the software, absolutely free. And so, folks who had had bought uh, the original version of Luminar suddenly woke up. They had great new camera support uh, and and batch processing and a couple of other things. And we're going to do the same thing with the digital asset manager. So next year, anybody who owns uh, Luminar 2018 will wake up one morning and and uh, fire up the product it'll say hey <laughs> update and and check out our new digital asset manager and that'll all be for free so you ask about the roadmap um i think we're going to be quite busy uh, again we're uh, uh for the foreseeable future uh again you know bear in mind that we um while we're you know super ninjas on the mac um you know the windows stuff you know there's <clears throat> still a little bit of a learning process there 
And so uh, you'll find that that um, our Windows and Mac software, you know, at the onset isn't always uh, feature feature parity at feature parity. And so the Windows guys are are you know busy you know completing some last minute functionality usually, and so for for a month or two after release, you know they're going to be updating the Windows version uh, much more frequently and 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 kind of catching up on functionality if you will. I think I was one of them them that their uh, beta testers for Luminar, if I remember, because mm-hmm. I installed it quickly in my uh, on my machine at work. Uh, and then it just went by the wayside, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, useless beta tester. I'm one of those, yes, I'm full of enthusiasm. Then I realise that I don't quite know what I'm doing to make my pictures look better. And then I get all paranoid about them and just end up resetting to default. So like Simon, he's got a natural eye for making things look better. Is that? I mean, the thing is, although I, I was mocking at the start, obviously, saying about, you know, personally, I hate the software. I don't. It's just I, I wish I knew more what I was doing. And it's like anything with photo editing once you think all right all i want to do is make the sky bluer and sometimes it's not as simple as it seems but from what i've seen of luminar it it definitely um uh, my money will be going (laughs) it is well so so there's a couple of couple of things i'd like to comment on there uh for the first time ever we we did a public uh beta of the luminar for windows back in the summer so that may have been uh what you downloaded a few months back uh, the the finished software is much more feature complete, uh, much more stable, of course, and all that. Uh, w- with respect to the you know the blue sky and how to learn uh, software effectively, you know we uh, we're absolutely committed to education. So uh, we're running literally uh, daily live Facebook broadcasts, for example, um, and we do live webinars. We have many many videos on on site. Uh, on the website, uh, we've uh, written a complete manual, a user manual and PDF that you can download. And of course, there's a knowledge base. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, uh, these short one, two, three minute videos that show you how to use a particular tool or, or you know, achieve a result, they're, they're the most effective. Um, and uh, with respect to Blue Sky, there's two ways. One, we actually have an artificial intelligence powered tool in Luminar. It's called Accent AI. It's one slider. It's, I need that just because yeah, I know. Name. It, it, and just because it likes say there'll be intelligence in my office. I need this. Right. Well, it's one slider. And the slider has got, we, we, uh, we actually debated what to call the slider. We ended up calling it boost. <laughs> because as you move it from left to right, it just boosts the awesomeness of your image. Uh, it looks at about 10 or 12 different characteristics of any image. And uh, both fixes problems right away, uh, you know, and enhances it. Um, the the other one that naturally, if if you're if you're more a photographic hobbyist, you know that uh, a polarizing filter will often you know enrich the blues in an image, the the, the blue tones. So we've got a uh, we've got a filter called uh, polarizing, and so. Again, it's just one slider, and and it'll take anything in your image and just kind of blew it up a little bit. And uh, uh, you know, L- Luminar is uh, is a is a very interesting product. Uh, I you know, and I've been around you know the graphics, literally the graphics world on the Mac since uh, late 1985 when my friend David Zoller, we were seniors in in high school, and his family was kind of well off. But he he brought home a, a, a original 128k Mac to the dorm rooms, and I was blown away by this thing. So, you know, when I say I've kind of seen the graphic evolution, 
it, it, you know, uh, rightly or wrongly, I've, I've actually been there. And, and Luminar is a very interesting product to me because, you know, on, on the one side, it's, you know, it's a photo editor, right? Just a photo editor. But on the other side, and, and forgive the, the nomenclature here, but I, I actually liken it to a platform. And by that, I mean, it's, it's a way for, for Skyloom here to add functionality to Luminar that, that fits logically into the editing workflow. For example, we have these things called presets and presets are one-click looks, if you will. So you want a, a selenium toned look or you want a kind of a vintage look or you just want a nice crisp detailed look. They're one click away and, and you know, Mark, you, you might be done at that point. You might bring up an image and go, oh, I want to turn that black and white, click. Oh, I like that result. Done. You're done, right? In two seconds. Um, but each one of the, 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 okay, follow me here. So each one of the, the sliders and tools and filters you might use to create that preset it is, a, is in itself a filter. So we have like 42 or 43 different filters in the program. And again, you know, if, if, if we want to add a new filter, we just release a new version of the product with a new filter. It logically hangs together. Some software ends up being this sort of hodgepodge of disparate functionality, if you will. And, and it, it kind of morphs into something that the original designers never you know, imagined. But with Luminar, we've created this system where we can add new functionality, add new presets, add these things called workspaces even, uh, just as we need to, to make the product better over time. Uh, we also like to talk about luminars being very adaptable to the user. So somebody who's uh, just a beginner or a, or a um, you know a part-time hobbyist, you know might ha might only have those presets shown, right? And they might favor a few of them. So now they've got a nice clean panel of only the presets that they use on a regular basis. Um, by the by the same token, you can customize a workspace. Now workspace is just a collection of filters. And so let's say you like to do a lot of black and white um, uh, fine art style editing. So you might have a workspace that's called, you know, um, you know, Mark's fine art black and white, and it has just the filters in it that you that you've hand selected, uh, you know, for your your work. So one of my one of our trainers and a good friend of mine, Jim Nix, um, he's created workspaces that, for example, are called color, light, and uh, and so forth. And so when he goes to that workspace for say color, he's got all of his color filters, you know, stacked neatly together, and he can just kind of just kind of you know go at his editing process, um, the uh, you know as he wishes. The the program by default comes with several like um, we have one called Quick and Awesome, which is that excellent AI filter, and a couple others. We have a a uh, kind of a pro a pro develop. Um, uh, workspace, which has 10 or 12 filters that the pros need, like our raw develop module, you know, toning, et cetera. We've got a black and white workspace, a portrait workspace, landscape. I think you get the picture. Um, we're, we're, we're creating an organizational model where if you can, if you can say, I want to do this kind of editing, we'll put those tools right into your hand and adapt the software, you know, to your specific need. Awesome. This sounds exactly 
funnily enough, this is exactly like something I've got a project on now because a friend of mine has just taken uh, a load of um, photos of some products that we're working on together. Uh, and I'm, I'm finding that I'm having to go through them one at a time uh, and adjust the white balance, adjust the background, increase the exposure just to try and get the white as back as possible. So basically it sounds like I could just build up the steps and then literally load up the image, press a button, and I'm Oh, done. yeah, yeah. No, Luminar is is superb for that kind of work. And and let me let me take you one step farther. So not only can you make an adjustment on, say, you know, one image, you can save it as a preset. So it's your own custom preset. And uh, again, applying that with one click. But if you have a series of images that you want to apply the same uh, look to, that's where you turn to our batch processing module, right? So you open up the program, you click batch processing, you choose a folder of images or or just a series of images. It loads it up, and then you can you can literally walk through a little wizard, if you will, in a in a in a, in a window, and uh, apply a preset, name the files, uh, resize them, um, you know, uh, designate what kind of file format they're exported at, as. And, you know, basically hit go and get a cup of coffee while your images are being edited for you. <laughs> it's fantastic. So where's my beta copy? That's all I want to know, mate. <laughs> I can get that to you momentarily. Max, I, in all seriousness, I, I would love to give it a oh, go because yeah. it's, again, so, some of the work I do is like of a very, very basic level. And I, I it's like Photoshop would be overkill. And I'm one of those people who learn just enough to be just dangerous enough, just about to get the job done. Uh, and when I can, I just send an email to Simon saying, can you fix <laughs> this or can you do yeah, this for yeah. me? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 like oh. in, uh, I like in Photoshop, uh, et cetera, to the U.S. tax system. <laughs> so f- follow, and maybe you have that over there in the U.K. too, but follow me here. You know, there's this whole ecosystem of tax preparers. I mean, Adobe Photoshop trainers that are that are trying to teach everybody how to do their taxes. I mean, edit your images. And so, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard to imagine a world in which uh, it's difficult for some people to imagine a world that, that doesn't have Adobe in it. But but lo and behold, there's a bright you know the, the grass is actually greener right the, over the hill. There's this there's this whole set of alternative photo editing apps that you know recognize that that editing with these tools that have 30 year legacies is is you know monstrously complex. I mean I've been using Photoshop since literally version b- before version one, and, and I'm and I still suck at it. Um, in fact, that, that company I mentioned earlier, Silicon Beach, we, we actually saw the product when the Knoll brothers were shopping it around uh, b- before it landed at Adobe. And Adobe's done a great job with it, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but there's, there's a lot of room for alternatives uh, out there. And uh, I think you're going to dig how easy it is to get to a great result with Luminar. I'm I'm looking forward to it, uh, just purely because it's I've I've got a few projects on the go, like mm. I say, and uh, if it if it does half of what you say, I'm sold. Uh, and I, and this is why I get people on this show. I'm d- just to point out to listeners, I say it's all the time. We're not paying you to come on the show. We've not had any freebies off you yet. <laughs> Maybe afterwards, um, just to hear just to now hear what people what talk about. In... <laughs> well, yeah, why me? <laughs> As, as my dad used to say, "God bless us all." If you don't know, if you don't That's ask, right. you don't That's get. Right. <laughs> Not happy to oblige. 
Awesome, awesome. Oh, sorry, I was just looking at my recording then, thinking that my recording had stopped and slightly panicked, then realised that Simon's doing the recording. Um, yeah, yes, we will. I, if I will be picking your brains, uh, and obviously you mentioned Skype earlier on. Well, clearly you don't need Skype now. You can come over and join people on Wire because Wire is better than go. Skype. <laughs> Well, we have to say that because uh, I, I like him a lot. Uh, noted. Well, it's got free end-to-end encryption and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, this is my first. This is my first interaction with Wire. So uh, you know, uh, I've used Zoom before and other things, but uh, this is great so far. Awesome. Also, it's it's uh, see, it's a good good exposure. You've taught me a little bit about photo editing and exposure to new products, and we've helped you um, get involved with Wire. Hopefully, maybe. Uh, right. Um, I think then what we're doing, seeing as we've been going for nigh on uh, fifty odd minutes, we'll take a quick uh, quick break here. We're going to drop in Nemo's hard hardware store and then we're going to be right back after this commercial not commercial message we have something a bit different this week in the hardware store a backpack and a speaker but not just any backpack and not just any speaker the backpack comes from a company called solo new york s-o-l-o and their website is solo.net they have a series of different Products. This one is called the Cameron Roll Top Backpack. C A M E R O N R O L L T O P. Cameron Roll Top Backpack. Brand new product. $150 in the U.S. It's a very, very dark gray, blackish color. The roll top refers to the very upper section where you unzip it, put your stuff in, and then zip it shut again with a nice double zipper. Then you roll it down. Then there are snap clips to protect it from rain and any other stuff from the elements. If you have something that's very, very tall or large, you don't need to use the snap clips, and it extends the top part where you've zipped it in, the vertical top part, oh, by about five or six inches. There's very comfortable padded straps on the back. Innovative back pad that also doubles as one of those channels that you can slide the handles through when you're doing rolling luggage. This is so clever. I wish all backpacks had this. There are not one but two water bottle elastic pouches on the side. And then the zipper that I talked about that zips up on the front, it continues and remarkably zips down almost all the way down to the bottom, just to the top of the water bottle compartment so it reveals the entire inside both from the top and the sides complete capacity is extremely tall when it's all the way open and when I open it I see there's a nice pocket in here for a laptop computer and an iPad those are the only compartments in there they're right against the rear section the inside is very well padded the whole thing is a canvassy really well-protected cotton, canvassy, durable material. And it's extremely deep, so it's going to be very comfortable on your back when it's loaded with equipment. Even better, it's got a very sturdy and comfortable and thick and easy-to-carry full true leather grab handle on the top. So yes, it's just a backpack, but no, it's not. For $150, you get this clever design. This product was actually designed by somebody who uses backpacks 
and carries technology with them. On the front, oh, another zipper, midway point. Inside that zipper is a space roughly the size MacBook Air. And then some slots in there for your phone and cables and chargers and pens and stuff like that. And then just below that, there's another compartment about the size of an iPad, also with slots in there. So it's a portable office, and you can carry a lot of technology, personal stuff, clothes, food, shoes, use it for school, for work, for travel, for a project you're working on, going for a hike. This is a backpack I'm actually going to start using today when I go out because it has exactly what I need for carrying my technology. It does not say, steal me, I'm carrying thousands of dollars of gear. It just says rugged and generic from far away. But when you get up close, you see it's got tons of quality in it. And the very best, it's got a tough leather at bottom. So when you stand it up, it stays standing. They thought of everything. It's minimalist and very full-featured all at the same time. It's stylish and unobtrusive also at the same time. It's rugged and it's built to last. Good value for $150. Put this on your holiday wish list. Cameron Roll Top Backpack from Solo.net. And a quick teaser for what we're going to be receiving in a few days. It's called the Street Hopper 6 Plus. S-T-R-E-E-T-H-O-P-P-E-R. Street Hopper 6 Plus. Look this up at streethopper.com. There's a bunch of different speakers, but what they are, they look like cannons. They are enormous speakers. It's like a boombox on 10 times steroids. You can carry it around with a strap. It's got Bluetooth. It's really loud and it sounds really good. It's affordable. You can find the earlier version of the Street Hopper 6 and the earlier version of the Street Hopper 8 in the $50 to $100 range. But save your money because the plus is supposed to be even better. And there's even a plus that comes with a wireless Bluetooth microphone for presentation or karaoke or anything you want to do where you want to sing along. So I'll have more information on this when we receive it. We received the old model and now the company says they're going to send us the new model. So look up the Street Hopper 6 Plus and the Street Hopper 6 Plus with wireless Bluetooth microphone. Thanks for visiting us at Nemo's Hardware Store. Back next week. Thank you, John, once again for another Nemo's Hardware Store. Uh, the Cameron backpack thing. I have a look at this. This actually looks half decent, I've got to say. Um, John, we obviously don't get all the products that John gets to go hands-on with, which is uh, which is a bit annoying at times. But it's the ultimate if you want a nice little rucksack and you don't want to look too much like a hipster. Not entirely sure where my sandwiches would go. Uh, the Street Hopper boombox, that's available around the world, and we will have that all in the show notes and on EssentialApple.com as well. And... A big thank you for those of you who use our Amazon affiliate link. If you use our link, you click, you buy, uh, you don't have to do anything else. It doesn't add anything or any other pricing onto it. It doesn't cost you a bean. We get a very small kickback. But thank you very much to our new Patreon supporter, Andy, who's made a small pledge to us uh, to help keep the show going. <laughs> the, the irony of that is, is, is not lost on me. But thank you very much uh, to all of our Patreon subscribers. We really, really do appreciate it. 
Uh, right, we're going to have some Apple news, and our guest is staying with us uh, because we're going to go on. We've got quite a bit coming up. He says, "Wonder where all, well, I've got so many tabs open." What have we got this week? Then Apple has released iOS eleven point one one, or in Simon's case, eleven dot two beta two. Uh, has anyone installed this? Uh, I know Simon, you've installed it. Kevin, do you go with um, beta? No, I, at all? I'm not a beta uh, guy on my on my phone. On my Mac, I'm I'm I do it all the time, but not on my phone for some reason. <laughs> and are you on iOS 11? Or have, you, have you held off and kept? Oh no, no, I'm 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 all up to date. In fact, I uh, when I was at the the Photo Plus Expo um, in in New York a couple weeks back. The uh, the pre-order started at three in the morning East Coast time. So I, I woke up uh, I woke up just long enough to to roll out of the hotel bed and fire up the pre-order screen. And I I actually got my iPhone 10 on November 3rd. So I've, I've been really really enjoying it. Oh, you're another one of those people. Uh, Mr. Madden from the car, uh, sorry, from the Mac and Forth show sent me uh, an an emoji. <laughs> I was stupidly impressed by that. I was like. I like that. It's. I don't know if I. I, I could spend the money on an iPhone X to uh, mm. justify that cost just to do an analogy, yeah. but that yeah. was nice. That really was. Well, my, I, I had an age. Well, I say aging. I, I had an iPhone six, and, and I've got you know. In my family, everybody gets the hands hand me down. So my son's Android phone had broken oh. about a week about a week earlier, and I said, "No problem, no problem. You got you covered. You can have my six. You can have my six. Yeah, I'm on the iPhone 6S, uh, which is still doing me proud, but oh, the battery life has just gone abysmal, absolutely abysmal. You know, I had that. I had that problem too. Uh, it cost me about eighty bucks. Uh, they, uh, I gave the phone over to to one of the Apple stores for a half a day, and um, and you know, I figured it was just one of those things that that's one of the, the the parts that need to be replaced every now and then. Well, I'm hoping that's what the case is. Uh, it it seemed to be worse after iOS. 11 marginally so in fact even my ipad uh, i was watching um, a couple of youtube videos whilst i was doing some cooking and some mm. cleaning because that's how i roll on the sunday in my rock and roll <laughs> lifestyle and it was it was literally like you could see like 50 uh, like 20 percent, 19 percent. it's like every couple of minutes it was going down and so i'm wondering if i've started to hit the uh if the battery when it goes it then suddenly really does start to go yeah yeah i was i was experiencing that too so i just bit the bullet and decided to get a new battery and then i thought well you know let's let's try out this iphone 10 thing and uh it's worked out so far i i, I don't i haven't had any problems i the face the face id stuff uh, I, I wasn't one that was ever worried about the encryption standards or anything like that but it is bloody fast and and even in low light, um, it it just it's it's on in a in a split second. Um, I like it a lot better than the Touch ID stuff. They were saying so. Is it something about with Face ID that when you pick your phone up, if you make the gesture to swipe up, that by the time it's got to your face and you're actually focused on the screen, uh, it's already yeah, unlocked. Yeah, exactly right. You can um, you, you know what I'll do is as I'm picking up the phone, I'll tap the screen. And then it, you'll see the lock when it locks onto your face. It'll unlock up at the top, and then you just swipe and start using the phone. It's 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 really really seamless. 
Uh, and what's been? Uh, sorry, I'm sighing there because it's like I'm I'm not jealous at all that someone else on the show has got an iPhone X. Not jealous <laughs> at all. So what what was the drive then? Why go for the iPhone X? Was it because the iPhone eight, as some people say, it doesn't contain much in the way of new technology? Was there any one outstanding feature you want the iPhone X, or was it just ah, I quite fancy getting the? 10? You know, I think it was that more the latter. Um, you know, I I tend to to go you know two or three cycles between phones. Um, so the the cost of entry, um, while Steve, you know, it's something I use every day. You know, and, and many, many times a day. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you think about amortizing that kind of cost over two or three years, um, it, you know, for me, it was a pretty easy decision. Uh, you just have to have enough disposable income at the time. Uh, uh, but, but you know, I, I, I like the eight. The other thing that, that actually really attracted my wife's got an eight plus because um, she does a lot of video work for a city, uh, for a community college here in town. And so she's always going to events and taking short videos and posting them on social. So uh, she's got the eight plus. But I, I look at our, I look at the screen size of the of the ten, and it's it's astonishing how how close the screen sizes are. It, you know, hers is this big honking you know phablet, if you will, and and I've got a I've got a bigger screen. Um, it's narrower, but it um, but it's you know for the form for the for the size of the the, the the phone itself it's it's the screen is amazing although i know it's, not, you know you might you know i've heard some i've heard people talking about these green lines and the you know they're worried about burn-in and stuff like that but uh i haven't experienced any of that yet uh, yeah, it's almost so, do you want a job on the show because it's almost like you've read the show notes and you're progressing the show <laughs> forward in a sort of structured and somewhat timely manner <laughs> Well, I'm off next week, so if you want to come and take my spot, you can go right ahead. I don't think I can do it justice. <laughs> oh, no, believe me. If, if, if You've obviously not listened to the show before, have you? I, quite frankly, I'm not, it wouldn't surprise me. Yes, as you alluded to there, that um, I take it you don't have the bright green line on the screen. No, I, I, I have never even heard of it. Um, also, just... Coming back to the the X in your experience, um, we we had Paul Kafasis on the show. I, I still like to name drop that. So I'm still proud we actually got someone like that nice. on the show. No offense to yourself, of course. I've realised I've just <laughs> ba- bailing out of that one. Um, and he just mentioned that it was bigger, big, bigger, bigger, and heavier than he would have liked. What's your? It take is a little it? bit heavier um, as far as the 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 dimensional bigness, as he says. Um, it's it's perfectly fine for for me it i don't have any problem at all with it um and i progress you know through through the phones i've never had a one of the plus size phones though i've always i've always gone for the smaller form factor and uh, but it but it is perceptibly heavier for sure um and but i I don't mind because it it it, kind of has that you know that perception of of more gravitas right there's more technology packed in there it it has to weigh more (laughs) yeah Oh yeah, and is it um is it still coated with Apple's oh so famous Teflon coating? So when you you've got to really hold on to it, uh, otherwise it just plugs. Well, to the I'm floor. I'm one of those the, I'm one of those consumers that that buys a case. Uh, I got the little leather case that they that that, that came with it, and and um I I, <laughs> I literally had gloves on as I took as I unboxed the 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 ten. And I, and I immediately put it into this leather case, so I cannot comment 
on even what the back of the the phone feels like. <laughs> I'm deci- I'm one of those people that refuses to take off the the the, the plastic. You know, you get the yeah. um, the fake screen protectory thing. That's what the packaging <laughs> comes in, and you peel it off. I refuse to take that off. I will keep really? that on there and try and make it look pristine for as long as that's humanly great. possible. That's, that's great. Well, don't let it sit in the sun, right? <laughs> you don't want it to melt to the phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've done that. I've only ever seen that once, and that was my own fault. Because I was out cycling on a hot sunny day, and we stopped over for refreshments slash just a couple yes. of beers. Uh, and I'd realised I'd left the GPS on inside my cycle bag, which was basically a plastic bag. And I came back to it, and that bad boy oh, was wow. hot. <laughs> Not hot as in uh, when the iPhone uh, when the iPhone six first came out. Everyone said, "Oh my god, the phone's getting hot." <laughs> No, it was it was getting warm, like most things do that have electricity when it's being. <laughs> no, I'm not going to rant. We have a guest on the show. <laughs> um, but speaking of heat, now it's my time to be seamless. That um, there have been a Apple is working on an iPhone X cold screen fix. Relatives are complaining about the iPhone X screens becoming unresponsive in cold weather, and Apple says it has plans to address this with a future software update. Uh, One Redditor who started the thread said, I've noticed that my iPhone X screen becomes very unresponsive as soon as I step outside. It literally takes two seconds from going inside to the cold outdoors and my screen stops being very responsive. I try swiping on websites and it doesn't register my fingers. It's very noticeable. Uh, I'm going to assume that where you are, you don't have snow. (laughs) No. No. cold. (laughs) This is a, well, what is this? What is it? No, you speak of. Oh, you're one of those types. At least you're not. Uh, please say you're not Californian. Uh, no, no, I grew up in Arizona, so I've got that. To, to, to... Oh, so, yeah, right. Ah, uh, you got proper desert yes. then. <laughs> uh, it was funny last week we were talking on the show about operating altitudes of the iMac, and it was something like, "Yeah, that's the operating altitude of a small plane." <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> was it? The, with, yeah, with was it the Mac Pro? The Mac Pro had test, tested up to fifteen thousand feet. It's like you what? Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, operational altitude, 15,000 feet. And as we said, well, the logistics of A, getting electricity up that high, and then B, using it would just be, oh, I, I suppose if, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Dubai Airlines or Qatar, one of the airlines, they don't have uh, chairs anymore. They have uh, suites. Oh, yeah. So you're literally booking like a cabin of first class uh, at 10 times the cost wow. of traditional airfare. <laughs> wow. That's, uh... So there you are. Next, uh, when, when Luna comes around and you've made all your millions from it, you can uh, get, you can report back from a plane for us. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I'm constructed that way, but I immediately went to uh, video editing at, on the Himalayan slopes at base camp. <laughs> That's what. I, why would you carry a, a Mac Pro up to fifteen thousand feet, right? <laughs> If ever there was a case for an iPad, that would be it. I'd love to get my hands on a 10. I really would. So I did a few benchmarks of um, doing some audio encoding. So I, I use an app called Ferrite, which is amazing oh, wow. for editing a podcast. Uh, I've actually produced uh, entire shows using nothing but my iPhone. Uh, and it's just a little bit fiddly because I'm on a small phone, but I would imagine on the 10. Uh, and it was something like the iPhone 5 took a minute and a half to do the audio. The iPhone 6S was knocking on about 50 seconds. And then the 7, when I had it, was about 35 seconds. Oh, wow. Okay. 
That's that's pretty dramatic. It was. I'll, I'll see if I can find the graph. And I can uh, assure you, well, there's obviously no you, point asking you about cold weather on your iPhone. You did then. It, if you were to do it on an eight, it would probably be about ten seconds. On an eight, yeah. Wow. So yeah, well, the eight. The problem the, is, it'd probably take me longer to transfer the actual files across to it than it would actually to process them. Probably, <laughs> quite likely. I mean, that that A11 Bionic really is uh, something to behold. There we go. Ah, right. What else have we got? Right. Where are we up to next on the show list? The, yeah, the the, the reviews I've, I've read about the the what is it? The A11 chip is that what it's called? I mean, yeah, compared the to the A11 Bionic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Compared to Qualcomm's um, Snapdragon in the in the Google phone, it 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 spanks it, you know, in the benchmark tests. But in real life, you know, I think the conclusion of the reviewer I, I read because they were comparing the the two phones. Uh, you know, ultimately the phones are are close enough that you know for most people it's going to be do you prefer iOS or Android? <laughs> it was the oh, the yeah. conclusion of the reviewer, but 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 they spoke very very glowingly of the chip. Uh, it does make you wonder what exactly has been going on with Qualcomm because they've been around for years and Apple is a pretty much just an upstart in the world of chip development. And as you said, they're just spanking the backsides. I mean, you've, your your ten is basically up there with a MacBook on single core processing, and I know that's all synthetic, but as a it it just it just makes my mind boggle that you have something that powerful in your hand. And it wasn't that long ago we were going, oh, the iPhone 6s, blimey, this is fast, and now it's uh my only worry is it's gonna it's gonna plateau, and what's gonna happen when it plateaus? But I don't care till that point. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> well, it's it's funny you should you should we should be talking about Qualcomm. They're actually headquartered here in, in San Diego, and uh, they're they're fending off a uh, kind of a takeover right now from a company called Broadcom, which is the leader which yep. is the leader in uh, in of course uh, Bluetooth Bluetooth uh, technology. So it, it's um, yeah, we'll see where it all where it all turns out. But I think any time uh, when a company like Apple sort of vertically integrates and uh, um, you, you know is able to to write a chip specifically for the things it wants to do, it, it's gonna it's gonna be better than a general purpose uh, uh, chip that's got to work across all kinds of phones and manufacturers. Yeah, I know. No, I'm I'm really hoping. I I know this. I keep banging this drum, but I really hope that metal amounts to something. I really, really do because it would it would be good to sort of not only have what well, iOS as a gaming platform, but to see what it could really do if a developer really pushed to it. And we just have these developers that are oh, going to make it out, push it out, and not really optimize it because we get we you know, we do get quite a bit of shovelware. But my hope for the Mac is this could be the start of a new lease of life because they might actually be viable gaming machines now. Oh, wow. So with, with an Apple design chip uh, and developers writing to the, the metal, um, uh, that you, you're thinking that that's, that brings us back into the gaming, gaming world, huh? That's cool. Yeah, I, I think it's a natural progression. I mean, take um, apps like, um, I'm trying not to name a competitor, some other software um, photo editing apps. I mean, even on a 2012 Mac Pro server, which has got a really useless Intel graphics card, it still goes like the proverbial off a, shove, uh, off a shovel. 
And I know, I don't I wish I knew more about this, but uh, apparently with the OpenGL stack, it's just a complete mess, and Apple are behind the mm. times. And I can't help but think if Metal can get big enough so that developers will start using it. Uh, that could be something pretty special. And, of course, it almost seems to be going hand-in-hand with they're developing their own software language, Mm -hmm. Swift, which you've got to think, if they're developing their own software language, that there's possibly chips in the pipeline because they must be getting some absolutely immense um, data and telemetry for how software does stuff and how programmers program using Swift. So this could be, hopefully, you know, one hell of an endgame for Apple. Wow, that's a that's a, a mind twist. Uh, I, I like where you're going with it. <laughs> I would <laughs> I would love I would love to see that that uh, you know kind of you know come back to the era where where Mac was seen as a as a preeminent gaming platform. I think one of the one of the gating fa- gating factors, though, uh, to be honest with you, is uh, I think a lot of gamers le- like the opportunity to customize their machines. And so, you know, uh, overclock their processors or whatever. And so I don't know that you're going to get a lot of the hardcore gaming crowd to come back over to the Mac if it's uh, if it's the kind of closed system it is today. That's just my take on it. It does remind me of the times of the 16-bit era when we had the Amigas and the Atari STs where you had a very limited platform and programmers had to get incredibly clever to get the best from it. Uh, in fact, in my sad little world, my YouTube video, there's a, uh, a YouTube channel called Game Hub where he goes into coding secrets. And I think it, I think not having the hardware advanced as fast as it possibly can has hopefully made people develop harder for that platform, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it ring but, as much performance but, out of what you have as you can, right? Yeah, but I could be talking well about my pay grade and what, something that I know very, very <laughs> little about. What else? Uh, yeah, but you so know what me, you want. He you says bailing want, out before... Right? <laughs> I mean, for it, I mean, this is the thing. No two things are the same. It's like I, I would love to have a Mac, uh, like a laptop that I could do the odd bit of gaming on, or do YouTube, um, Twitch streaming on that doesn't absolutely kill it. Uh, so, um, but then again, I'm so sort of all my hardware here is old, and I don't know how good the new hardware is. Uh, but I'm hopeful. Um, I think next year will be the year if 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 it all goes to plan that I can actually go right. I'm just going to upgrade to a nice spec iMac with a 4K screen, uh, and then that will do everything. Where's what? what yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't see how how it wouldn't um, if all this comes to pass. But what, what's your take on uh, on the the distinction between iOS and the Mac OS? Are you one of the folks that think they're they're going to merge at some point, uh, or okay. no? I think they they've got the right idea by oh God to use a marketing phrase being heavily influenced, but using a and don't worry Simon I'm not going to go into my rant here I use a Microsoft Surface okay. Pro, <laughs> uh, and it it doesn't work it really really doesn't work. Uh, it's like trying to use uh, if trying to use Finder on the Mac on an iPad, it works with the way they've done it with files, albeit a little bit crudely, but could you imagine sort of having Finder open, then having to tap in hold to select a load of files? Yes. It's, no, I, I think they I personally like the way it's all gone. I like the fact that so far it seems to be a nice balance apart from eBay, 
where you can do just enough on an app but finish off on a desktop or on the iPad. And I hope soon we shift away from that. I'll give you an example. Uh, I sell a few things on eBay. I can sell things on there, but trying to do the thing like I need to print an invoice, nope, can't do it. And that's quite a a big core thing. And I don't think it's just for me. I think that's for anyone. Uh, Other things like you get a lot of um, image editors out there, which will like Luminar will apply filters and do all that sort of stuff. But for the life of me, I don't know why I can't resize. Or if I crop, I want to be able to see the dimension to the crop box. Mm-hmm. I mean, sh- surely there's got to be a way to do that. And that's why I think a lot of the products have got mixed up in my small world. It's like, oh, I have to go back to the desktop just to sort of like I say, resize an image. There is, there are probably apps out there, but it was way too hard to find one. And if you go to image editing or image cropping, oh God, it, hmm. ugh, I feel tainted for having to look at them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in your camp. I, I, I like the interoperability. I like the what do they call it? Handoff uh, between uh, oh, you know yes. phone and 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 Mac and. Um, I mean, the answer, my dad called me yesterday on the mobile and I see on my little touch bar here, it says answer. So I click answer on the MacBook and all of a sudden, you know, talking to my dad through my phone on the Mac. And I, I just love that stuff. I think that's a great way to go. Uh, but, but, but still, you know, honor the strengths of each platform. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so just out of interest, what is your um, oldest bit of uh, apple equipment still in use today uh my my personally um you know i i have uh i have undergone a a refreshment of my entire apple ecosystem here at here at home so i'm on the i'm on the 2017 macbook pro and i got the the 10 and um i got the apple watch series 3 and so every you know every you know three or four years i kind of reinvest in my my apple gear and uh, you, you you ask a, a, a pointed question at, at a time when it sounds very uh you know very much you know very much like i, I spend frivolously <laughs> so to speak but uh, i'm a fanboy what can i well, say <laughs> well that's the thing there's nothing wrong with that and plus with apple stuff you've got to be careful unlike me to not keep it too long so before it starts <laughs> It lasts a long time, but that thing of before it goes over the edge of being, well, it's a little bit clunky, a little bit slow. If you sort of refresh it every two, three years, when you come to sell it on places like eBay, you do get more money for it. Yeah, I mean, I was. uh, it had been five years since I'd had a laptop. And like I said, my my phone was three generations back. And, you know, I I did have a Series 1 watch, which I I really enjoyed, but I was bummed that it was not uh, more weather resistant. And, uh, and so when the, when, you know, I skipped the two, but when the three came out, I thought, you know what, I, I wear the watch every single day. I use it every single day. I pay things with it. Um, and now I can take phone calls on it. So it, it you know, I, 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 I don't mind the closed ecosystem. I'm not one of those guys who go, Oh, I don't want to be, you know, locked into Apple. I don't mind. They seem to be taking care of, care of me just fine and <laughs> after 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, I I was thinking about this in the car the other day. It's not the fact that, uh, am I going to move away from Apple? It's can I afford to be part of Apple? for those of us, especially, I might all like I said, all my equipment here is a bit old and a bit yeah. clunky and a bit creaky. Which, which, which mine was, uh, you know, a month and a half ago. But you know, I, I thought it was really. I always, I almost thought it was um, 
it was just a weird campaign about how, uh, oh, it's the most, ex uh, the 10 is the most expensive iPhone ever. Um, but when you looked at it, the, the high end, you know, Google Pixel 2 with the OLED screen, um, I mean, it was within a hundred bucks of it, you know, or, or so. Uh, you see, you need to stop that. You, uh, no, okay. I'm going to have to kick you <laughs> off the show because you're using common sense now, and we, that, there's no place for that on the internet. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, Apple get rid of the headphone jack. How dare they? Samsung get rid of it. Oh, Samsung have innovated. Apple released first thousand pound phone. Nobody says that it's not that far off the next phone, and everyone else has done it. And nobody will be able to be complaining when someone uh, releases a new right. phone. That will be very close to that. <laughs> Touch ID. Well, that's insecure. Uh, nobody mentions that when uh, the Android version of Touch ID that came out on some phones stored your fingerprint as a BMP <laughs> right. file. It's it, it sounds daft, but in some small part of me, I almost feel uh, sorry for Apple being first because it's like, uh, right, okay, we know where we're going. We're just going to have to take all the crap now and then wait for everyone just to sit. Well, sit some would it. argue that, that Apple isn't always the first. Uh, you know, they, they, they sit back, oh, no, wait no, for the no. technology, like the, the wireless charging. I don't know why they waited so long there, but, uh, um, you know, they, 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 what, what, they've got just such scale. I mean, the adoption rate on these phones and the operating systems are just astonishing. Um, when, you know, coming from the software world where we, you know, we, we struggle to get our, our upgrade numbers, you know, and the people who update using our, even our free updates, you know, we want that as high as possible, of course, but, but Apple just, you know, it's like falling off a log for these guys. They just put it out and instantly they've got 80% adoption. Such is the Apple way. Uh, we're, we're going long. Uh, so we'll skip over the Johnny Ive on Apple Park. Um, what have we got here? Apple, there's a couple of software updates. In fact, we can, we'll do these. In fact, we're, not, we're going to change the order. So keeping on the iPhone 10, Nocho, the app that hides the iPhone X's ugly notch. Have you, uh, have, have you seen I, this? I haven't my, myself. I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, to an extent, I, I'm not noticing the notch anymore, to be honest with you. I, I like the fact that swiping on one side brings me certain controls. Swiping on the other brings me other controls. Uh, it's, it's not a big part of my, my, uh, my stress level. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's cool that somebody's you know come up with a solution to try to hide it. Um, can you? Yeah. Well, what is it? Have you seen it? Yourself? Basically, basically, it's um, a free app which allows you to take a wallpaper and it, it will put um, the black bar across the top to hide the notch, which of course only really works on your home screen. So it's a bit. I really think the whole notch thing is way overblown. All these people going on about how awful it is. It's like it's part of the phone. Live with it. <laughs> if you don't like it that much, don't buy one. Buy an eight instead. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> much ado about nothing. You know, it really is. It's a, all a, to me. It's just like, what's the problem, really? Oh well, these <laughs> these are the people that are going to be up in arms about the fact that oh, the cost of parts is only three hundred and thirty dollars or something like it'll be those people who jump on the internet to say they're making six hundred dollars profit and you think okay 
going by those parts and then if you can get those parts and then assemble it for oh i'd stick a hundred dollars on top for your time to but if you could build an iphone x for that money go ahead then they don't even mention the fact that okay so yes the replacement parts cost x yeah, apart from the fact you couldn't buy the custom processors from apple <laughs> Uh, well, I, and, I, I can't. And, my blood pressure is already and, high and do enough. Do those prices include licensing fees? That's a very good point. Uh, probably not. Nor research, nor development, nor yeah. marketing, nor support, well, or I anything mean, like those, that. Those, those, yeah, those yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, articles yeah. are just clickbait, aren't they? It's like, you know, this Ferrari. Look at this Ferrari. A quarter of a million pounds to buy, but it's only got you know ten thousand pounds worth of parts in it. So <laughs> and two and two seats. <sighs> it's only got two seats. Yeah, you've only got two seats. What's wrong with it? No, it's not how it works, is it? That is not how marketing works. So there you go. Oh, sometimes I just Again, shake my we're, head. we're being very close to being logical. Yes, I know, dangerously. Uh, right, okay, what have we got here? The um, Yes, there were a couple of updates, as you said. Pages, keynote numbers got updated. Uh, Apple have announced the Final Cut Pro. 10.4 with support for VR, HDR, HEVC, and so on. Um, we don't not really much more to say about that, is there? There you go. Um, this one did catch my eye, though, Mark. Um, encrypted cloud backup for Mac and Windows from Arc Backup. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, basically, Arc Backup. Uh, it's uh, what was the one who who shut shut up shop? Was it Backblaze? Oh, blimey. Uh, no, they didn't shut up shop. They basically just changed their tier, wasn't it? Was it Backblaze or was it the other people? Oh, that's bad. We can't remember. <laughs> I've no idea. But one of them one of them closed up shop, didn't they? One of them said that's it. Uh, yeah. It wasn't that they closed up shop. They just changed their offering. They, uh, As uh, Kevin would say, they, they sunsetted one of their options. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway... Um... There you go. There's a company called Arc, and that's A-R-Q. Uh, backs up all your computers, simple, awesome, automatically backs up Macs and Windows PCs, your files stored securely and readable only by you. Uh, and you can try it for free, apparently. Uh, more reliable and easier than Crash Plan, apparently, according to Mac Macworld. So there you go. What's it, uh, what's it oh, cost? Crash Plan? Uh, I have no idea because they don't say. Many fingers are tapping and many people are clicking on links right <laughs> Now, uh, we were doing so well then until you asked us like a, a proper question. No doubt they want you to try it for free and then they'll tell you the price afterwards. There you go. <laughs> uh, by now, uh, <clears throat> it's $49.99 per person. Oh, wow. Okay. What, what a year? Uh, and you and you get to download a free 30-day trial for the year. It's uh, for one user and I it doesn't say. Huh. Let's go and have a look in features. Uh, da 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 Nope, doesn't say. I, w I would assume it's a year. Uh, they have got a really nice um, a cloud storage comparison for Arc Backup, uh, which gives you uh, a comparison for them against Amazon Google Cloud, Google Drive, Dropbox, OneDrive, Backblaze mm -hmm. B2, Google Neela, Google Coldline, Wasabi, never heard that one, uh, Amazon Glacier and Amazon S3. Wow, right. okay. Well, there you go. We will have that. So it's in the show notes, in the show notes, it's an option and it's out there. And I thought, you know, everybody's heard of the other ones. So there you go. Yeah. And backup, backup well, is such an important, uh, important thing for photographers. I, I you know, I talked to a lot of folks I, and I they, know, you know, if some people are using network attached storage, some people are using cloud, 
Some people will just have a, a stack of hard drives on their on their desk. It's a it's a big mess. And so if anybody can make it, you know, truly easy and you know, brainless and automatic, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, uh, I, or, I know, and I, I'm so like me, I've got plenty of backups. Oh yeah, of course you have, Mark. Or if you're like me, you know, I, everything. I back up everything everywhere so many times I don't know what to do with it. But then I've worked in computers for 30 years. <laughs> and I know what happens if you don't, Mark. Uh, it's, it's a work in progress. I'm currently devising my backup strategy for multiple points of resilience to minimise any potential downtime. <laughs> Very good. Well put. <laughs> Nicely said. Well put. Uh, You can tell I had a meeting about GDPR this week. Oh, joy. (laughs) Uh, Right. We've got... uh, That's... We did mention solar charge. We did mention uh, charging by chi earlier on. So, Simon, you've got. We'll do one more story here. Uh, Why can't every object in the house be a solar power generator? We oh, well, a in the UK, we we don't get that yellow thing because uh, our guest has nicked it all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us about this one then, Simon. Well, this one is, uh, as you probably guessed, is it's about a woman called. Uh, I have, I'm going to ma- mangle this name. Uh, Marjan Van Albel, by the look of it. Uh, she designed a window and a table which will charge your phone. And now she uh, wants to integrate solar cells into all sorts of things. So she's got uh, here in this picture, she's got a rather nice dining table with uh, solar charging. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a bit of an arty project, really. She's uh, made... Um, a stained glass window, which obviously gathers solar energy and you can plug your phone into it. Uh, overall, like a lot of these stories, which I, I like to dig up, uh, the real point is just about trying to uh, expand the horizons, people's horizons, about how and where we could be collecting energy for nothing. You know, um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of it, really. You know, we should be making houses with solar cells on the roof. We should be making windows that generate electricity from, from the light that comes through them. Uh, that's just it. Well, that's we used to have all the government grants to do all that, didn't we? I mean, oh. Kevin, over, I mean, where you are, you must obviously get an abundance of sun. Do you notice much in the way of solar panels and uh, like recirculating water heater t- type things over your way? Or is it still a little bit in its infancy? Well, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great line of line of discussion it you know in california we have apparently taken on the mantle for the rest of the united states of, as being you know the, the climate uh uh you know leaders you know the, the and so the environmental lobby in california is, is, is crazy powerful so you know we have a very very thriving um you know solar panel uh industry here uh, there's wind power out in the deserts, uh, you know, a lot of thermals and things like that. So there's massive wind farms, massive solar farms. Um, you might you might recall that that Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, is is um, proposed to build uh, make um, household you know roofing tiles instead of putting these big panels on you you know as as this, an abomination on your roof. There, he's he's um, currently you know building a business around making these roof these roofing tiles and so out, out here there's a lot of like spanish style houses with kind of these red these red tile roofs and 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 so he's come up with two or three designs where each tile is in itself a, a networked uh, solar panel 
So I, I'm with you. I, I think I think there's energy everywhere, <laughs> and if we were if we just are clever enough to to grab it and store it, um, then you know w- our energy woes will, will be will be gone, and we'll reduce our you know reduce our reliance on the the non-renewable you know you know carbon style energy. But you know it is it is expansion. You mentioned government grants. There's lots of tax uh, breaks, or there have been in the past for both companies that are that are producing clean energy products, as well as the the consumers that are that are buying them. Huge, huge tax breaks. Um, I, I don't know if that they're still, you know, in full force and effect, you know, these days, you know, five, 10 years down the line. But, uh, um, you know, but but solar energy, you, you can't you can't drive down the street without seeing, you know, every every fifth or eighth house uh, have a solar panel system on i was gonna say what about the uh you haven't got a tesla then or would you be tempted to get a tesla <laughs> i would love to have one of those they're bloody expensive though um although the new yeah. model three is supposed to be more affordable if you call you know 40 or 50 grand uh, affordable um but i think they're having some some issues getting those off the production line in quantity as well um Tesla's a big employer up in the, uh, obviously up in Northern California and in Nevada, where they've got a lot of their battery factories are in Nevada. Yeah, it's, I will admit the the Model 3, it would be the car, if I could afford it, that would be the one uh, that I would get. Because I just think I wouldn't have to pay for fuel. And I'd be working out just how much I spend on burning <laughs> fossils. Uh, and it's horrendous, especially because I've got an old car as well. So I'm only getting something like 40 miles, to the, 40, 45 miles to the gallon out of it. And so to think, hmm, I would never have to pay for fuel again because where I work in around this area, we have free charging right. points. So I could uh, suffer a little bit of inconvenience just to top up the car uh, rather than having to burn the planet. Well, yeah. And, and then, of That's course, the, the other argument is how is that uh, that electricity generated that you're plugging your car into? Right. Because if it's not generated, if it's not clean all the way to, uh, all the way you know, back to the, the source, then you know which there's there's trade-offs there right you know true but you've got you've got to go with no matter to produce any energy there's going to be a byproduct and it's just a matter of how you mitigate how bad the cost of generating that uh, yeah. energy is so solar panels will help and i really do like uh elon musk's uh tesla battery makes perfect sense but then you just got to think 25 years down the line you've got to replace those so- solar panels so is that actually more efficient than carry on with what we're doing now well i think we do <clears throat> it, it's you know it's in our nature and and it's it's the responsible thing to do to keep pressing forward on everything I think, you know, I, I'm actually disappointed in our country's, um, you know, uh, view towards uh, nuclear energy these days. Uh, I know that, that you know, in Germany and France and maybe in the UK there, there are these these much smaller, safer, modern, you know, nuclear um, reactors that, um, you know, that, that are a far cry from the stuff we built in the 50s and 60s. That is, is you know, it's astonishing to me that this stuff is still working, <laughs> you know, 50 years later. But, um, but, but I know that there's a lot of innovation in that area and it's, it then becomes a political hot potato. I, a regulatory nightmare to try to, you know, try to start a new, uh, you know, energy, energy plan in some, in some cases. So, it, you know, I, I'm fascinated by this stuff and uh, I know we could probably talk forever uh, about it, but uh, 
I just can't wait for my uh, for my MacBook Pro uh, circa 2022 to be a little nuclear powered uh, MacBook that I never have to charge. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get there where the MacBook will, won't need a battery; it can like live off the air. <laughs> there you go, even better. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think is if, before we go off into any more tangents, we've been going for over two hours now. Uh, it's been thoroughly entertaining. So what we'll do is wrap up. Uh, so thank you ever so much for coming on. You've now got a minute or two just to shill yourself again. And uh, you did mention to us earlier on that you wanted to talk about some of the other parts of Lumina that we didn't get to cover at the opening of the show. So uh, yeah, tell us about these little features that we forgot to mention. Oh yeah, at the start. yeah. I'll just close off by by saying you know thanks so much for for inviting uh, me on the show and inviting Skyloom on the show. You know, Luminar, as I mentioned earlier, is just days away from being you know announced. Uh, the new version has a lot of great features. I just want to mention a couple um, for for photographers out there. You know, the, this idea of, of ha- having uh, very, very fast results is, is really appealing. And so one of the things that we've, we've worked on um, is, is adopting the industry, several of the industry standard uh, lookup table or LUTs as they call them. Um, uh, capabilities. So the LUTs format comes out of cinematography, and it's it's kind of a, a standard way to apply a, a style, like say you're you're color grading a film, and uh, across the various uh, various scenes, you know you can do that very easily with a LUT. So we're supporting LUTs now. We've got a new raw develop module that's that's more powerful and cooler than ever. Dodge and burn brush. Um, you know, again, I think the takeaway here is that, is that Luminar is a very, very full-featured, easy-to-use uh, tool for any anybody who's taken photographs and cares. Uh, I encourage everybody to stop by uh, macfun.com, M-A-C-P-H-U-N.com, and, uh, and, and check out our free trials next week. Awesome. We will be tweeting that and retweeting it. Uh, not just because you're on the show, because we we I always my dream for the show has always been that if I find a product or an app or something that's interesting to get the person on who's made it or developed it or been involved with it just to come and talk about it. So because I always feel with and that's a that's a weird word to use, isn't it? You feel with software, even though software is not really a tangential thing, that if people get to hear the voice behind it, they get to understand the passion, what drives them and it, that, I think that app becomes a bit more personal to them and they sort of like go, yeah, you know what? I like the sound of this. You can see where they're coming from and what they're trying to achieve. Oh yeah. The, the, you know, our, our, that... our team is super passionate about photography, as you might imagine. Uh, you know, everybody's got a camera in their hands and, and uh, you know, some, some guys like me, I, I'm more of a landscape guy, but others are really, really into uh, you know, street photography. So you get all disciplines on the team you get all different kinds of points of views uh, coming together in a, in a piece of software really makes it more robust. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you ever so much for giving up your time stupidly early on a Sunday (laughs) morning. Uh, It's very much appreciated. Uh, And yes, we will have you back on the show. If you're up for that, so you can let us know what the feedback has been about the product release, how it went and no doubt a whole lot more news. Hey, thanks. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. No problem at all. Uh, Simon, if they want to get hold of you, what's the best way they can get in contact with you and the website? Uh, Well, obviously I am at Serenak and that's S E R E N A K. Uh, And I'm in the Slack room. Uh, Anybody who listens, who wants to join the Slack room, just ask us for an invitation. Uh, and of course, there's the website. 
EssentialApple.com. And you can get hold of myself at EssentialApple on the Twitter. If you want to get hold of me personally, Lord knows why you would do, that's at Ocean Speed. We've got the Facebook group. Uh, join that. I will be posting, honestly. I keep forgetting every week. And the Google Plus. We're basically available wherever we can chill ourselves. So Kevin from MacFun slash Doom to Become Skylum, makers of Luminar and other great awesome products. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Uh, I won't be here next week because I'm going to be in Dublin. How sober do you think I'm going to be? <laughs> Not at all. And on that note, uh, we will we will leave you in the capable hands of a Cutie Melons moment. So until next time, cheerio, everyone. Goodbye. Bye now. Thanks. And we're done. Wow, there we that are. was fun. And we're done. You, you guys are awesome. I love the tangents. <laughs> I love it. This week on Melon's Moment, I will be talking about the Roku box. I bought the Roku box from Amazon for £30, and it's basically a Now TV box, but you can get Netflix on it, YouTube, and you don't have to pay a subscription for the Roku. Um, I really like this box because it's interesting, and it's really simple, and, you know, it's easy control. It has an app with it. Um, which is completely free as well. Um, and it just has what's on, so any new programs added onto it, um, like catch up, you can see from your phone. And also on the app, there is a remote section. So if you have to type something instead of going, you know, using your remote, which takes a long time, you can just use the keyboard on the app. Um, I really like this because, like I said, you can get Netflix and YouTube and catch up. Um, The only downside to this is because it is a bit um, old and, like, not the top-notch quality tech inside of it, um, it kind of, you know, crashes sometimes, which sucks. Um, But then again, it only does that when I I binge-watch something on Netflix or watch multiple YouTube videos without giving it a little bit of a break. Um, After a couple of episodes, I tend to just pause it for a little while, you know, get my snack ready to carry on binge-watching, and it should be fine. Um, You just plug it in with a charging cable, which it comes with, and a HDMI to HDMI cable, which does not come with it. I in the description, I'm sure it said it did, but it doesn't, but that's okay, because we got one, um, we have one, and it's all set up, and you may have to adjust the, um, like, settings for the screen, um, I still haven't done it completely, I don't think I will be able to, so sometimes the text is off of the screen, but that is completely fine, um, it's, okay quality after a little while it may go a bit fuzzy for a little while but um that's fine because it just goes back into um you know quite high definition i think it's like 720 or 820 820 something um i think i'm not very sure don't quote me um but again it just depends on your tv 
Um, I really do recommend this for the price, for the, you know, quickness. If you can't afford, you know, an Apple TV or a Fire Stick or anything like that, definitely consider a Roku box. It's really interesting. Um, it's really great. The remote is quite large. Like, um, you have half of the you know, remote is filled up with buttons, um, there's a back button, home button, your little console where it's up, down, left, right and OK, your skip forward, your skip backwards, um, your pause, and then there's a little asterisk button, which I'm not quite sure what that does, um, but yeah, and then half, the rest of the remote is plain, um, so I guess you could, you know, put a name on it, or maybe, like, put a design on it so it doesn't get lost. Um, it's up to you, really. But it is a great, um, great device. It's very simple. And it the kind of colour aspect is, like, black and purple. Which is very, very nice. That's all I have time for this week on Melon's Moment. And I will see you next time. are part of the mymac.com podcasting network where you can find such excellent shows as guy and gaz on the mymac show tim and david on the tech fan show the three geeky ladies the geekiest show ever uh, the excellent bart bouchots with his let's talk the club nintendo and many many more looking for a podcast to get your geek on then listen to my favorite ladies podcast the three geeky ladies join Alyssa, suze and vicky as they discuss tech products and other topics that caught their attention the three geeky ladies podcast on the my mac podcasting network If you've yeah. got Luminar, they're loaded up on your um, on your machine. I, I'm I can I'm starting it right now. If, uh, if that's what you want, <laughs> it's going to sound a bit weird. If I was to send you a picture, could you literally? Not I don't want to say as quick as you can, but but just bang a simple filter on it to make the image look better. And I know hate people hate it. Send it to me. Send it to me. Oh wow. Okay. Gotcha. So now I just right mouse click, save picture as. Or you can tap on it and then tap on download. Oh, gotcha. So, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, look are you looking for here? You want uh, a vintage look or black and white or trying to get it looking like a, a good crisp product shot that you'd see on a on a on a website? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so let me just start basic. I've got about one hundred and sixty three of these to do. Oh, you do, huh? Yes. <laughs> Love, lovely. Okay, so there's Clarity Booster. And uh, let's see what else I want to do. White balance. So I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you one shot back. I've I've made I've I've done a little white balancing on it. Um, uh, increased the details a little bit. Put a very very slight little vignette on it. Um, but I think you know I think it looks looks good. And let me go ahead and export that. That's awesome. I can, you know. 
damn it, you've just ruined the photo. Oh, darn it, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean this in the best possible way because I can see now uh, he's used an indoor light, like a standard yellow light bulby type light bulb to take the picture with. So I can see, my God, that's awesome. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, as soon as you said product shot, I I got a sense that you needed, uh, well, that you needed more of a white seamless background on it, but... Actually, you know, it's 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 cool. It's cool a shot. That will be uh, on our Instagram, and I will put down thanks to um, Scott. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, I can give you four more variations in uh, in about four minutes if you like. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.